Thank you for joining me for today's Beast Watch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, BeastWatchNews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers Brown. We will look at the news in today's report. The riots in America may not be as much for fomenting civil war as for something else. I'll tell you what that is, and we'll also take a look at Israel's annexation troubles. But first, more warnings on the dangers the remnant, the elect, face in the days ahead and how to recognize a particularly big false doctrine being promulgated by some leaders in the Torah movements. You have often heard me say that Yahweh did not create a religion. Well, here is another statement. Israel is not the name of a religion. Israel is the name of Yahweh's righteous nation comprised of a righteous remnant. Now what does this have to do with the news? Everything, if you want to avoid the traps being set by teachers of false doctrine who are now upholding the right of the Jews to own all Israel. For years I have analyzed the wrongdoings of all three monotheistic religions and their lies and distortions. Recently the focus has been on Judaism because this is the religion now rising to global power. And that rise is being facilitated by Messianic Jewish and Hebrew roots teachers and leaders. This is something you need to know about. One of Judaism's biggest lies infiltrating the Hebrew Roots movement from the Messianic Jewish rabbis is that believers are grafted into the tree of Judah. We now have Hebrew Roots leaders and teachers teaching this. One of the first ways this is done is by telling Christians, you know, those that have not yet left the church, that they must return to their Jewish roots. I have personally heard major Hebrew roots and Messianic Jewish leaders call for people to return to their Jewish roots and they teach that the olive tree of Romans 11 is Judah. Now the first time I heard this was in the early years of my Torah walk when I attended a Messianic Jewish synagogue. The rabbi taught a six-week series on being grafted in. And each week he reiterated that the tree we were grafted into is Judah's tree. Even in my early walk I knew this was not true but did not yet have the understanding to explain why. Today I will give you the benefit of the understanding that Yahweh has provided to me over the years and through the studies done by the Midrash team that is with me every Shabbat. This is a wicked teaching. What that false doctrine means in practical terms is that all believers must convert to Judaism. That is the message. The problem is that Judaism is a religion. It is not Yahweh's kingdom. Now we must analyze this false doctrine and teach others to stay away from it and those false teachers. The teachers who teach this do not know the identity of the tree they speak about. The tree is the Netzer shoot that came up from the stump of Jesse, as I taught you in Is Yeshua God in the Flesh, Part 2. You can go and read that. And that has now grown into a mature tree. In fact, the two sticks of Ezekiel are already one tree in Yahweh's hand. This is not still a future event entirely, even though its final fulfillment will be to make the spiritual realm's reality comply with the spiritual realm's reality. 
The sticks of Ezekiel 37 are what is left of the two houses. A stick was part of a tree, but now is cut off. That's what makes a stick. Both houses were cut from the olive tree. But some teachers are saying the olive tree is the house of Judah. If the house of Judah has become a stick, how then can Judah be the olive tree? The answer is that Yahweh's tree is the olive tree and both sticks must be grafted back into it. They must become one tree in his, Yahweh's, hand. Paul explains about the olive tree in Romans 11, but the blind have misinterpreted it because they are coming from a religious perspective and one that is skewed toward another religion. So while they are calling people out of one religion, they are using it to call them into another religion. And that is a problem because Yahweh did not create religion. And he does not want his people participating in religion. That's what idolaters do. Idolaters do religion. The place to start is by seeing who Paul is talking to. It comes in hints. First, Paul compares himself to Elijah in Romans 11.2, the prophet that was sent specifically to the house of Israel. In verse 11, Paul identifies his audience, Gentiles. But let's start at verse 1 so we can clear up the false doctrine that has been now taught for decades. That false doctrine is designed to trap people in Judaism or have them return to Christianity because they reject Judaism, after which those people will become Noahides. Yes, Hebrew roots people are flowing in both directions. Romans 11.1 1. I ask then, did God reject his people? May it never be. For I also am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Notice that Paul does not identify with the house of Judah. Neither did he call himself a Jew or Jewish the collective title for the four tribes of the southern kingdom. Instead, Paul calls himself an Israelite. Why? It is because Israel is the kingdom and the remnant. Paul was identifying himself as part of the twelve-tribed remnant of Israel over his Jewish roots. Thus, Paul is careful to keep the house of Judah and the Jews out of his identification in this chapter. Romans 11.2 God didn't reject his people which he foreknew. Or don't you know what the scripture says about Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel? Paul here is explaining that the house of Israel's having been cut off was not rejection of all Israel. We must make the distinction between the cut off house of Israel and all Israel. We must also make the distinction between the house of Judah and today's Jewish Israel and all Israel. Yahweh does. He makes the distinction all through the scripture from Genesis forward. So should we. But most teachers miss who is being spoken of here. They say Paul is talking about the house of Judah and the house of Judah's tree, which they say identifies the olive tree. Not so. Let's keep studying. Paul talks about Elijah in verse 2. Elijah was sent only to the house of Israel. Elijah never prophesied in or to the southern kingdom. Just from this alone, 
we can see that Paul was not talking about the house of Judah in this chapter Romans 3 Lord they have killed your prophets they have broken down your altars and I am left alone and they seek my life now Paul quotes Elijah from before and after the incident with the prophets of Baal which identifies his topic as the house of Israel Jezebel wicked king Ahab's even more wicked wife was killing the prophets of the house of Israel the remnant who were calling the people to repentance in 1 Kings 18 then Elijah went up against the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 19 who were the prophets of Baal they were all Israelites from the house of Israel the northern kingdom who had learned to do the Baalim worship from Jezebel Hebrew roots and Messianic Jewish teachers equate Paul's lament in Romans 11.3 as being the same lament Yeshua made when he spoke to the Pharisees in Matthew and Luke and again it was spoken in Acts by the apostles about how the house of Judah the Jews had been killing the prophets that were sent to them they did kill the prophets but Paul's words in verse 3 and Yeshua's words to the Jews address two different houses who killed their prophets sent to them by Yahweh Paul specifically addresses the killing of prophets from within the house of Israel Romans 11:4. but how does God answer him I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal how does God answer who Elijah Yahweh said that within the house of Israel there was still a righteous remnant again Paul is addressing what is going on in the northern tribes not the southern Romans 11 5 to 7 even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace and if by grace then it is no longer of works otherwise grace is no longer grace but it is of works it is no longer grace otherwise work is no longer work what then that which Israel seeks for that he didn't obtain but the chosen ones obtained it and the rest were hardened here is where people get all twisted up about works and grace they say Paul is criticizing the Jews for their doctrine of works no Paul is talking about the house of Israel and how before their exile they were doing their own works trying to achieve righteousness they did not obtain righteousness through their works the chosen ones the remnant from the house of Israel during Elijah's time and afterward obtained righteousness by following Yahweh rejecting Baal's false religious doctrines the rest of Israel had their hearts hardened like Pharaoh's heart was you know Yahweh will give us our heart's desire if we desire another God over him he will let us go that way what people fail to understand also is that the righteous remnant of the house of Israel had some from among them that were exiled with the rest some of the righteous remnant remained in the land along with some of those who were unrighteous from the house of Israel we know this because there were still people from the tribes in the north during Hezekiah's time see Second Chronicles 30 when Hezekiah invited the northern and the southern people to come to Jerusalem for Passover Yahweh sent some of the righteous remnant into the house of Israel's exile with them so the righteous remnant could continue being his light in their darkness Romans 11 8 
According as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear, to this very day. Again, Paul is talking about what happened in the house of Israel's territory after the Assyrians took the house of Israel captive. We find this in 2 Kings 17 verse 6. The Assyrians had resettled the tribes that were left after the invasion into Samaria. The Assyrians also brought people from other nations including Babylon. Here are the scriptures from which Paul actually is paraphrasing. 2 Kings 17 verses 34 to 36. Of the house of Israel he is saying here in 2 Kings. This man who wrote 2 Kings is talking about the house of Israel. He says about the house of Israel. After the Assyrian captivity. To this day they do what they did before they didn't learn anything they don't fear Yahweh and they do not follow the statutes or the ordinances or the law or the commandment which Yahweh commanded the children of Jacob who he named Israel with whom Yahweh had made a covenant and commanded them saying you shall not fear other gods nor bow yourselves to them nor serve them nor sacrifice to them this is what the house of Israel was doing with Baal but you shall fear Yahweh who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and with an outstretched arm and you shall bow yourselves to him and you shall sacrifice to him these are the scriptures here in Second Kings 17 that Paul is referencing it says they do what they did before who does this the house of Israel that is now settled in Samaria and who are now being called Samaritans or Samarians and no longer Israel notice that Paul reiterates through this quote that Israel is the children of Jacob who are the children of Jacob Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Joseph, Benjamin. The children of Jacob are not Judah, the southern kingdom. You know, Judah, Benjamin, Simeon, and Levi, or Levi. But the only people left that are not cut off at that point are those four tribes. You know, they're in Second Kings 17. Now, Yahweh has a problem because he promised Jacob that Israel would be all 12 tribes. So now, Paul moves on to a different quote, Romans 11:9 and 10. David says, let their table be made a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution to them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see. Always keep their backs bent. Well, now finally, we come to a reference about the Jews. You know, David, Judah, so forth, right? No, not right. What was the kingdom during David's time? 12 tribes but before they were united they were split into mainly two factions as they are today David was lamenting about this pre-kingdom split before he was finally able to bring all 12 tribes under one king Paul's paraphrased reference here is from Psalm 69, 22 and 23. Let their table before them become a snare. May it become a retribution and a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so they can't see. Let their backs be continually bent. David was in distress over his troubles in trying to unite the kingdom. So when Paul paraphrases from David's words, Paul is referencing the split in the kingdom before David united them most of David's problems came from wait for it 
Guess where? The northern tribes. Hello, blind teachers. Paul is not talking about the Jews or a Jewish olive tree in Romans 11. Thus, you cannot use this chapter to prove your point that people need to be grafted into Judah. There is no Judah tree, just as there is no house of Israel tree. Now, here's the kicker, the explainer, as it were, of who Paul is addressing. You know, he's got a topic that he's addressing. That's the house of Israel. But now he will tell us who he is addressing. Romans 11:11. 11, 11. I ask then, did they stumble that they might fall? May it never be. But by their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. The Gentiles get provoked to jealousy, not the Jews. Did they stumble that they might fall? Well, who is they? You know, Paul didn't change streams here. All along, he has been talking about the house of Israel. It is the house of Israel's fall that Paul is talking about. The question is, did God destroy the house of Israel so the Gentiles would have a chance at getting into the kingdom? No! The Gentiles have always been able to enter the kingdom. Part of Israel's job was to bring the Gentiles into the kingdom. So the destruction of the house of Israel had nothing to do with making a way for Gentiles to come in the house of Israel's divorce has to do with the house of Israel's behavior and nothing else yes God Yahweh does kick people out of his kingdom for disobedience but now Yahweh can use the house of Israel's fall to provoke the Gentiles to come into his kingdom when the descendants of those that fell make their return Romans 11:12 Now if their fall is the riches of the world and their loss the riches of the Gentiles how much more their fullness Paul is going with the false doctrine made by the Gentile converts you know when they go into the synagogues that the house of Israel was destroyed so the Gentiles would have a chance But Paul declares Yahweh's justice by saying that if the Gentiles are right about their good fortune over the destruction of the house of Israel, that the house of Israel will get that much more reward when all is said and done because the house of Israel's descendants will return. Yahweh did destroy part of his kingdom to start over with the Gentiles. But he won't leave out any of the tribes for the Gentiles any more than he will for the Jews. And that, my friends, is what the Gentiles that Paul was addressing were getting at. They were saying the newly restored kingdom was now a Gentile nation comprised not of Israelites but Gentiles. Romans 13 For I speak to you who are Gentiles. Since then as I am an apostle to Gentiles I glorify my ministry if by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them who are those people that Paul believes are his flesh Israelites he said earlier that he is from Benjamin an Israelite tribe Paul is putting an end to the boasting arguments being made by the Gentiles that Yahweh's kingdom is now only for Gentiles Hosea tells us how Yahweh made a bad situation into one that glorifies his kingdom. Hosea 2.23 And I will sow her, that's the house of Israel, to me in the earth. 
and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. That's the house of Israel. The her there is, you know, the house of Israel. And I will say to them which were not my people. You know, he had said, you're not my people. But now he says, I am going to say to them which were not my people. All the while he's talking about those northern tribes, the house of Israel, who split under uh, King Jeroboam. And he's going to say, you are my people. And they shall say, you are my God but notice what he does to the house of Israel he sows her to himself in the earth they were sown among the Gentiles so Israel's mandate you know given to them by Yahweh of bringing the nations to Yahweh could be fulfilled and you know our king will do his good pleasure one way or the other Israel wanted to play with the Gentiles and worship their gods instead of bringing them to Yahweh so Yahweh set up the situation where Israel comes back but not alone Israel comes back with Gentiles in tow but now the Gentiles are saying they're it and Paul is saying no you're not Paul has not deviated in this chapter from talking about the house of Israel and he reiterates the fact that Gentile converts only have opportunity to come to Yahweh because the house of Israel has been scattered and sown among them in order for the whole world to be redeemed Yahweh used the house of Israel's destruction for good because Romans 8.28 says we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose that is in the predestination chapter who is called according to Yahweh's purpose Israel 12 tribed Israel Yahweh's plan of redemption restores all 12 tribes and includes all the Gentiles too it's brilliant isn't it why is this important because if you understand that there is no Judah tree and no Gentile tree then you will reject the false doctrines when you hear them Romans 17 and 18 but if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became partaker with them of the root and of the richness of the olive tree don't boast over the branches but if you boast it is not you who support the root but the root supports you what is Paul's reference some of the branches that were broken off referring to the house of Israel their branches had been broken off the Gentiles were coming back in boasting all kinds of things like the Christian church does today things like salvation belongs to us no dear Christians salvation does not belong to you salvation belongs to Israel Yeshua died to save Israel Yeshua did not die to save Gentiles he died to save his kingdom make this distinction why because his people were killing his kingdom had Yeshua not died for his kingdom Israel his kingdom would be dead now defunct ancient and a forgotten fable of the past like all other earthly kingdoms that have come and gone Yeshua's death was to save Israel the kingdom and provide a way for his people who are scattered in the world among the Gentiles to return and begin repopulating the kingdom 
in addition then the harvest of his people back to his restored kingdom as promised to Abraham and Jacob would also involve bringing the Gentiles with them this may seem like too subtle a point to make a real difference but trust me this is huge you know a small deviation on a compass can place a traveler hundreds or thousands of miles away from his destination let me ask you this what was Israel right after Yeshua died you know when he was being Joseph of Arimathea placed him in the tomb what was Israel right at that moment dead Israel was dead there was no more Israel we have to understand this point that all Israel died with Yeshua you know Christianity teaches that the Torah died with him no wrong all Israel was gone then you know the Jews those people that killed him and they were just up walking around and doing Passover and all that stuff they were just walking dead men at that point for three days and three nights and they didn't even know it in order to save Israel to revive Israel and make it into the righteous kingdom it was intended to be Yeshua had to resurrect his death satisfied the Genesis 15 promise to his father that he would indeed die under the terms of the covenant of the pieces if his people broke the covenant and they did what was Israel when Yeshua resurrected it was a bare bones nation comprised of 120 people in an upper room in Jerusalem it was the righteous remnant that was it 120 Acts 115 says about 120 but Luke wants you to see something in that number 120 you know there could have been more or less you know Luke was not trying to be exact he just wanted us to see something what is it about that number 120 that should make you think something about it what about 12 times 10 the righteous remnant and small beginnings and all that Moses wouldn't let Yahweh start over with him but these 120 are what Yeshua's restored kingdom started with and what was the first thing that happened the Mount Sinai experience right there in that upper room they took it to the temple and the Ruach's fire spread there but not to the Gentiles yet Yahweh started with the Jews from all over the known world first restoring the 3,000 that had died at the golden calf incident at Mount Sinai and moving outward from Zion Yahweh's word goes forth from Zion not from the Gentiles the other part of this is that when Yeshua died and thus all Israel died the house of Judah was cut off there was no more house of Israel and house of Judah there is now only the house of Yeshua according to Hebrews 3 6 also known as the restored house of Jacob the boasting of the Gentiles in Romans 11 shows us how early Christian replacement theology was afoot in the movement the Jews had their own replacement theology and I've talked a lot about that but verse 17 speaks of the olive tree this is where many teachers go awry because they believe Romans 11 is all about the Gentiles boasting against the Jews and then they teach that this olive tree that the Gentiles are boasting against is the Judah tree it is not this olive tree 
is the fully grown Netzer from the stump of Jesse that has now begun to graft back into itself the two dead sticks from Ezekiel 37. That chapter reveals that both houses were separated from the tree. What tree? The olive tree. The kingdom of Israel is always represented by an olive tree. By the way, Yeshua accomplished the saving of this olive tree by dying on a tree. Do you see the connection? The olive tree is always all Israel, all twelve tribes. Israel is not Israel with all, without all the tribes, and Gentiles cannot come into the kingdom of Israel unless there's all twelve tribes. Christianity and Judaism disagree. In Christian doctrine, Israel is now all the Christian church, you know, leaving out Judah, the Jews. And in Judaism, Israel is only Judah, Simeon, Levi, and Benjamin, leaving out Reuben, Issachar, Zebulun, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Ephraim, and Manasseh. And now, why is this important? First, because we must know how Yahweh defines Israel so we can reject joining one of the two religions that rejects all the other tribes they don't like. Second, if you don't understand this, you risk standing with the wrong people in the coming time of sorrows and tribulation. People who are going to be destroyed. Our Hebrew roots and Messianic Jewish teachers lack understanding and people are paying attention to them, not to the truth. If you ever hear a teacher say that Yahweh's people get grafted back into Judah, don't walk, run from that teacher and stop listening to everything he says. If he doesn't understand the trees, he doesn't understand the kingdom. What causes lack of understanding in Yahweh's people? Disobedience. It's been the way it's been from the beginning. Not doing the commandments when we should be doing them. One of the biggest strongholds in both Messianic Judaism and Hebrew roots is that going to the feasts in Jerusalem is optional. We can do that anywhere we are, they say. Study. Look at what Yahweh said. I've put a link down there to a teaching about that. Really? We can do Yahweh's feasts anywhere we like? Well, if so, then why does Israel have a sovereign king? If he can't tell you where you need to come to worship him, then why does Israel need him? According to this particular stronghold, they don't need him, and this is causing them to go astray and to teach others to go astray from the kingdom, and they go astray into religion. And by the way, religion will produce the Antichrist. You want to know why Yahweh released the coronavirus ahead of the planned timing of the new world order? Because of his people's disobedience. Yahweh said, quote, I'm just, you know, paraphrasing this here, but I'm just going to say it in the quotes. So you don't want to come to the place of my name as I have instructed you three times a year or even one time a year, huh? Well, now you can't get there. I have closed Jerusalem for all of the spring feasts. And he might close them for Sukkot, by the way. And again, by the way, I keep saying that. You know, if you can pay the large entrance fees for Passovers and Sukkots out there in your own little world and, you know, get your camping gear and absorb the travel expenses and pay for food to go where you're not supposed to go, you can make it to Jerusalem. I have shown time and again how getting there can be done cheaply. 
sometimes more cheaply than attending Sukkot in America, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Italy, and other places. Here's the deal. Paul's explanation in Romans 11 has to do with Gentiles coming into the synagogues boasting about how they have replaced the exiled and cut off house of Israel not the house of Judah the olive tree is Yeshua's kingdom tree not a Jewish tree he died to save his kingdom so we as individuals can opt into citizenship in the kingdom of Israel it is this individual option that makes the renewed covenant different than the one at Mount Sinai there was no destruction of the Torah or any of the other terms of the original covenant Jeremiah 31 31 through 33 says behold the days come says the Lord that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt which my covenant they broke although I was a husband to them says the Lord but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days says the Lord I will put my law in their inward part and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people the exodus from Egypt was corporate the Hebrew Israelites didn't have another choice if they wanted to escape the grip of Pharaoh but their hearts were not in it their bodies came out of Egypt but their hearts stayed in Egypt and their hearts are in Egypt to this day Ezekiel 20 and 23 explains the love that the Israelites were still carrying in their hearts for Egypt thousands of years after their rescue from there Yahweh's corporate people hated him and his kingdom I will repeat something here to tie together what I said earlier that Israel died with Yeshua corporate Israel died with Yeshua the Israel that was not in the hearts of the people died and was exchanged for individual people that he would not have to take by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they would come out of Egypt willingly on their own because they love him he requires our love our loyalty and our willingness to learn what it means to be citizens of a king ruling in a kingdom this is a difficulty for the carnally minded who believe they can worship their king in any religious way that they wish they cannot see the kingdom even though it is right in front of their eyes we are grafted into him into his tree and that olive tree is the kingdom please do not stay in Christianity or convert to Judaism begin to identify with Yahweh's kingdom and its king and stay out of Satan's kingdom here is Daniel's vision from chapter 12 which is a message to the remnant the elect after asking the angel to show him the meaning of the vision the angel said in verse 9 go your way Daniel for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end and then the angel says that during that time many will purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined but the wicked will do wickedly and none of the wicked will understand but those who are wise will understand what is the understanding that the wise need especially now that Israel is a kingdom not a religion Thank you for listening to the Jerusalem Report on Beast Watch News. Full news coverage with a Hebraic perspective of the headlines fulfilling Bible prophecy. 
Remember to financially and prayerfully support Beast Watch News for keeping you up to date. Send your donation to Beast Watch News today. It takes money to operate this ministry, and your help is much appreciated. Now, some news. Netanyahu is suddenly facing stiff resistance, including a surprising rebellion in the ranks of settler leaders who have been agitating for annexation for years. Mr. Netanyahu's plan, they argue, would open the door for a Palestinian state while ending any expansion of Israeli settlements in much of the West Bank, killing the religious Zionist project to achieve dominion over the entire biblical homeland of the Jews. By the way, that's coming from the New York Times. It's either or. Bezalel Smotrich said, a firebrand lawmaker who has led the push for annexation. Uh, he said now in an interview, either the settlements have a future or the Palestinian state does, but not both. Citing a yet-to-be-published map of the annexation plan Mr. Netanyahu is drafting with the Trump administration, these critics say it leaves too many Jewish settlements as disconnected enclaves that would be barred from expansion and they say it would further isolate them from the rest of Israel giving the Palestinians control of roads that could turn a 35 minute commute to Jerusalem into a roundabout desert trek of two hours or more According to AllMonitor.com, it is not yet clear if and when Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will present his annexation plan. But the army has already been instructed to prepare for escalation scenarios, and the world waits while Netanyahu decides. In the meantime... Likud leadership is raising doubt about Benny Gantz becoming Prime Minister. According to Haaretz, Defense Minister Benny Gantz left a meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu last Wednesday after Transportation Minister Miri Regev of Netanyahu's Likud party said in an interview that Gantz wasn't ready to become Prime Minister. In an interview with Yediot Harunot Daily to be published in full on another day, they said here Thursday, Regev said, let's see what happens in the next year and a half before Gantz is expected to take over from Netanyahu, according to the unity coalition deal between Likud and Kahol Levan. Let's see if he learns from the best, she added. Well, you know what that sounds like? Likud is looking for ways to keep Gantz out of office. The coronavirus non-pandemic that isn't as deadly as the New World Order hoped is still being used by Yahweh to force the New World Order into obeying his plans. Netanyahu, in a nationally televised address, said Israelis must tighten their discipline in following rules to reduce the spread of COVID-19 or face new restrictions. As long as there is no vaccine for the virus, it will return and spread if we are not strict about being cautious, Netanyahu said last Saturday night, shortly after the close of Shabbat. He said, we are called upon to continue adhering to the rules. New restrictions could mean the continued exile of Yahweh's people from Jerusalem for the fall feasts. We will have to wait and see what happens. To bolster the panic over coronavirus, Times of Israel reported on a study that said an initial set of serological tests, the first conducted in Israel, has indicated that some 200,000 Israelis, that's 2.5% of the population, have had the coronavirus more than 10 times the number of confirmed patients. To increase COVID-19's virulence in the U.S., the false flag Hegelian dialectic killing of George Floyd has done its job to stir up a reason for U.S. cities to go up in flames via rioting. Was this situation 
Stirred up? Yeah, probably. Why? So the U.S. can have civil war? Maybe, but more likely for this reason. From the New York Times. The billowing clouds of tear gas that the authorities are sending through protest crowds across the United States may increase the risk that the coronavirus could spread through the gatherings. Huh, there's a clue. Along with the immediate pain that can cause watering eyes and burning throats, tear gas may cause damage to people's lungs and make them more susceptible to getting a respiratory illness according to study on risks of exposure. The gas can also incite coughing which can further spread the virus from an infected person. So why do I think the trouble over Floyd was a false flag event, a Hegelian dialectic event, where they cause the problem, then they provide the solution. Here's why, and this comes from ABC News. What we have here is a very unfortunate, wait for it, oh, experiment going on with COVID virus transmission, said Michael Osterholm, director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. You know what? You know that nothing happens by accident, right? Yahweh is in control of everything, but you know the New World Order thinks they are in control from time to time. If they were of the remnant, the elect, they would know better and would understand that what they are doing is Yahweh's bidding as he wraps up this 6,000 year old satanic mess. But their method of control right now is to make the best use of the COVID-19 situation that they can. It was released early before they were ready for it. But it's out there now and it can't go to waste. From ABC News again, on Monday, mayors and governors urged demonstrators to stay home and if they do go out to wear a face mask and maintain social distancing, <laughs> we don't want people. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Go protest, but maintain social distance. <sighs> New York Mayor Bill de Blasio said, We don't want people out there where they might catch this disease or spread this disease. There's no question there's a danger that this could intensify the spread of the coronavirus just at a point when we were starting to beat it back profoundly, he said. Huh. There are many news outlets now saying that authorities are warning of a new coronavirus wave. They started warning about this wave in March. How do you think they knew this next wave would be coming? They knew that just when the numbers started getting back to normal and the world's people would want to just go get their lives back to normal that they would have to stir up the next wave they did and that's what this George Floyd murder was about not only is cop Derek Chauvin liable but the US government is also complicit the US government is blaming George Soros again and you know Georgie does go around stirring up trouble but the truth is that the right and left are in this together at the highest levels of the deep state and that's why no one at those levels ever pays the price they should pay for their crimes the riots are also bringing up the possibility of full-blown civil war again Trump on Monday explicitly urged governors to utilize their National Guard to end the riots and lawlessness that has spread throughout our country or else be faced with the possibility of having federal US military forces deployed in their states America may as some rabbis are now predicting never recover at this point and there may be civil war
All the better for the New World Order's desired outcome. We shall see how all this affects America and her Western allies where the Antifa riots are spreading to. And while all this smoke and mirrors theater is going on, the H.R. 666 bill is moving forward. Huh. There's another reason for wanting to keep you busy watching race riots. On Mercola.com, H.R. 6666, the COVID-19 testing, reaching, and contacting everyone trace act, that's the contact tracing, was introduced and referred to the House Committee on Energy and Commerce on May 1st, 2020 by Representative Bobby Rush, Democrat from Illinois. The bill authorizes the CDC to award grants for testing, contact tracing, monitoring, and other activities to address COVID-19. And the government grants $100 billion of taxpayer money for 2020 alone would be used by eligible entities to hire employees and buy the supplies needed to conduct testing and contact tracing, including sending employees to the residences of citizens to conduct COVID-19 testing. H.R. 6666 does not ensure privacy. It also sets the stage for multiple violations of U.S. constitutional rights, including the 4th, 5th, 8th, and 9th Amendments. This is known as the Contact Tracing Bill, as I've said, and here is the, context, here is the text of the bill. Uh, at that link, but Mercola further says, while H.R. 6666 may not be satanic, <laughs> it's certainly devilish, Bob Barr writes in a May 20th, 2020 Marietta Daily Journal op-ed, Barr, President and CEO of the Law Enforcement Education Foundation, is a former U.S. Congressman for Georgia's 7th District, he says, make no mistake, the bill is a dangerous piece of legislation, not because of its number, but because of its substance. It is the latest in a long line of legislative vehicles to increase the federal government's power to gather and database private information on citizens. In this latest effort, House Democrats have employed the tradecraft for which the Congress has become notoriously adept, hiding the true purpose of legislation behind a facade of protecting people from a known or perceived danger. The specific provisions within H.R. 6666 pose a very real danger, not only as a standalone bill, but as a possible amendment that could be slipped into the most recent massive COVID-19 stimulus bill that passed the House last week. The administration already has signaled support for some version of a Phase 4 relief package, and whatever that final document looks like, it is certain to be long and complicated, making it a perfect vehicle in which to hide a provision for contract tracing similar perhaps to what Russia's Trace Act would do. Those of us who are concerned about the growth of government surveillance and data basing of personal information must be vigilant against measures like the TRACE Act regardless of their surface appeal. We must demand the Congress and the administration aggressively oppose any such measures. As detailed by the National Vaccine Information Center in a recent action alert emailed to users of NVIC's advocacy portal, H.R. 6666 is a federal funding bill. It proposes to create a surveillance infrastructure that can be used by the federal government as well as local and state governments and private businesses to require medical testing and tracking of all citizens. This is in violation of fundamental civil liberties as set forth in the Bill of Rights, which includes the first ten amendments to the U.S. Constitution designed to protect individual rights and limit the power of the government. 
H.R. 6666 lacks safeguards and conditions related to funding of the proposed rather surveillance operation to prevent it from being applied to intrusive programs mandating testing and surveillance without an individual's voluntary consent. If this legislation is passed by Congress and enacted into law, it could lead to denial of an individual's right to appear in public spaces and travel, the right to employment and education, or participation in government-funded services, and the right to receive care in a government-funded hospital or any other medical facility. H.R. 6666 specifically allows for funded entities to home quarantine a person against their will even while they are healthy. Once a vaccine is available, the testing and tracing results potentially could be used to force individuals to be injected with a COVID-19 vaccine against their will. Well, you know, smartphone updates are now coming complete with the contact tracing app built in. The only way to keep from being tracked on your smartphone now is to not update its operating system. Please go read Dr. Mercola's full article. By the way, H.R. 6666 has yet to be spoken against by Donald Trump. And also, please be sure to listen to Unspinning the Israeli Spin. That's it for this Beast Watch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.